0: We are talking today to
1: Dr. Craig Detweiler who is a professor of communication at Pepperdine University. Previously he was at Fuller Theological Seminary and before that he was the department head of cinema media arts at Biola University, also part of the Biola Biola Media Conference in years past. Craig, there are times that I wish the Apostle Paul were alive today 2,000 years later and to hear what he might say or, or might write about culture. And uh, on top of that, how he would look at w- we have the church is there to call people to serve the church rather than the church to serve people. We have a very self-involved cultural society today. How does that change the uh, the Christian dynamic?
2: Well, you see it even in the, the rise of, of course, the hashtag of selfie. You know, this is the age where everybody is is uh in a sense, you know, building up their following, uh, you know, r- considering their friends sort of as an audience. In a sense, we're all performing uh, on social media. We're, we're going to places and events because we want to take the picture and share it. So we may not really even enjoy the event, but we enjoy the opportunity to take the picture about the event. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, and so this tendency to um, – Treat people as 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 an audience rather than as friends or as as um, even as you know fellow pilgrims along the way is a, a a really vexing tendency. I think it was C.S. Lewis who said, you know, uh, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but it's thinking of yourself less. Ah, that's good. And, uh, and, and unfortunately, most of the social media is designed to say, well, what are you doing and what are you thinking give us your status update. In fact, how do you increase your status? By giving us more details about your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so rather than thinking about others, we are being trained to think about ourselves first. Uh, so I, I would, I guess, challenge folks to consider their digital discipleship, to consider how to love and care for others through these digital formats, to put the concerns in the heart of others before we post. You know, think about what people need to hear. Think about what people need to be receive, rather than just what do I want to say and how do I want to position myself and how do I want to manage my own social media profile. How do I bless others through my social media interactions?
1: I can see the day for uh, foresee the day where there might on staff be the minister of digital discipleship. (laughs) <laughs> it, it it could it could well happen the,
2: the, I, it is happening i think the, i think
1: people. you're right May may yeah. not be called exactly that but uh, right. there'd be a portfolio for for people in dealing with media you know there's a there is a danger to craig talk about uh because there's a sense in media of uh, relationship there's also a lot of false relationship and you can naively believe that you're closer to someone than you really are. Talk about that.
2: Yeah. Well, sure. I mean, well, first of all, there's, of course, the catfish phenomenon where, you know, people maybe aren't. Uh, actually who they've, uh, their profile has created themselves to be. So this need for authenticity, I think is important. Actually, in that respect, I appreciate that, that Facebook somewhat tries to insist that you are yourself, that you sure. only have one social media profile mm-hmm. to try to deal with that problem. But, uh, it's very tough to be in a sense, our authentic self online. Um, and not just project maybe an ideal version of ourselves and, and sort of compose the way that we're we're seen and it, it's also exhausting I think to manage our social media profiles and have to worry about everything that we tweet or uh, you know how we how we position ourselves um, online i think I think folks um, are challenged to I guess do more than just click a like button online. If somebody's sharing their heart, sharing a concern, it it really isn't enough to say, gosh, I like that. And maybe write a comment and say praying for you. You know, maybe you do need to actually, you know, get in your car and go over to their house and knock on the door, uh, bring some chicken soup uh hug somebody, sit with somebody, you know. I, I it could be that that the Christian community would be the last people who believe in the power of of presence, who understand that it's important to to hold a hand um and to pray with someone physically and not just in a disembodied way. We we are people, think about it, Jesus actually showed how much he believed in the power of the body by by being God incarnate by coming down to earth and, and putting on flesh. So we believe in the body and the importance of proximity um, in a way that maybe others increasingly do not. And perhaps that will be what distinguishes us, is that we care pr- for people physically. We lay hands on people. Um, we help people move. Um, we take meals over to people's houses and and care for each other physically, spiritually, uh mentally in a holistic kind of way nothing beats the personal touch does it it's uh it's it's increasingly rare and still powerful we're talking
1: to media thought leader filmmaker and award-winning screenwriter craig detweiler on the podcast great conversation we'll be back in 32
0: seconds after the break this podcast features engaging conversations with leaders, artists, and creatives sharing about current trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith based media. Today's episode is produced by Matchstick Media International, a nonprofit that's passionate about inspiring both visionary leaders and young creatives to harness the power of media to further the gospel. To learn more, visit us at matchstickmedia.org. Now, back to Craig.
1: We're back having a wonderful conversation with Craig Detweiler, media thought leader, who has a lot to say about our digital world. You bring up the the story of Jesus. Jesus, There's very little in the Gospels of Jesus speaking in synagogues other than a a few occasions, especially in Nazareth being the the most famous uh, and nearly being killed for that as he as he walked through the crowd and went away. And we don't notice Jesus ever going back to uh, his hometown of Nazareth again after that. He he camped out in um, Capernaum after that at uh, Peter's house and and stayed there. Jesus was very good at storytelling and I think in many respects, the church has sort of lost track of that in some, some ways. Uh, but now with digital media and visual storytelling, there are more opportunities than ever before. Talk about the power of story. You're a screenwriter. You've written 10 uh, screenplays in your career, and I'm sure you've got five other ideas boiling (laughs) in your mind of screenplays still to be written. (laughs) Mm. Talk about the power of story. I think it's something that that sometimes gets lost in our Christian faith.
2: Well, you know, it's interesting if you ask somebody, like, what would Jesus tweet? That seems kind of like an absurd yes. question. But but you think in about it.
1: In 160 characters or less. Well,
2: that's it. But when you think about it and some of his greatest teaching is in these very pithy, maybe 140 character sure. sizes, you know. Um, you think about the Sermon on the Mountain and uh, – How, you know, blessed are the peacemakers, you know, how he was able to take the conventional wisdom of the day to say, you have heard it said, but I say, you know, so he was always sort of putting a twist on his stories, his parables kind of stung at the end, they were like smart bombs that went off later, you couldn't quite even understand them at first. So even just the ambiguity of the way he communicated, right, where he told you a story and maybe didn't tell you what it meant. And, and forced you to kick it around and and debate it and and wrestle with it uh, you know we're still wrestling with these stories even two thousand years later what did he mean did he really mean that uh, what is the implication is he talking to me what's he ta- you know so all of those um those ways in which stories kind of sneak up on you and, and that you carry around you know they're not propositional truths that you you kind of turn into a bumper sticker but they're they're characters and they're there are things that, that, I guess, cause some self-reflection um, that you're not quite sure how to respond to. And I love that about the discipleship process, that it's this ongoing wrestling match with God where you're kind of evaluating yourself and you're evaluating that calling and trying to figure out where you're falling short. And all those things are rooted in character where you see people making the wrong decisions. You say, mm, "I don't want to be like that person." Or when you make that wrong decision, you say, "Ah, yeah, I'm a lot like you know uh, David in the Bible, or or Solomon in the Bible, or or some of these heroes who also had great, great failings, uh, great, great mistakes that they made along the way." People like Moses, right, who was a a murderer who then was able to turn his life around and 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 lead his people um, out of Egypt. You know, there there's a lot of broken, fractured people uh, in Scripture. And yet Jesus tells these stories of redemption, of hope, of second chances uh, that we can carry with us.
1: If you had a crowd of 50 pastors, 100 pastors in front of you, in fact, in a a way, as you're speaking, you do right now Mm. via digital media, and they had very few resources uh, available to them as far as time, uh, people, uh, budget, and money, what would be a couple of steps that they might be able to take uh, to start a media program or have a media presence for either their church or their ministry today? Well, I feel like
2: everyone has um, someone in their life who is media savvy. They might be younger than you. I call them Bezalels is what I call them. There you go. That's it. There there are gifted people nearby who would love to serve you, uh, your your vision, your your ministry. Uh, and they can do it even on their cell phone, right? I mean, the cell phone is is a, is a camera. Yeah, there's editing software available. It's not ideal, but you can edit on on the cell phone. You can broadcast via the cell phone. So, um, you know, everybody has the possibility of being at least a narrowcaster and maybe a broadcaster. And um, I guess I would take that responsibility seriously, and uh, and think carefully about how to. Um, mm-hmm. Craft a message that's winsome, that's media savvy, that's um, refreshing, life-giving, grace-filled, uh, surprising, um, and 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 if you do that, the the beautiful thing about about social media is that all those things get forwarded, and you can't you you don't necessarily know where the influence uh, stops, right? The, a exactly. Link leads to a link, leads to a link, and suddenly. It can become a global uh, conversation overnight.
1: We've had a great conversation in this episode with Craig Detweiler about our digital world. We will be back in our next episode to continue this wonderful, wonderful talk. Hope to hear from you then. Bye bye.